Episode four. Episode four. Episode four of Love Local Music. I am Joel Elliott. And my name is Zoo. Um, so Zoo, it's the uh, middle of the summer. We're sweltering in my office at the moment. Lucky <laughs> us, lucky us, recording this in my office. Um, uh, and a lot of fests have come our way already. Like mm. Ottawa tends to pack a lot of stuff into a short period of time. Blues Fest happened, Jazz Fest happened. We both just realized that neither of us went to any shows at Blues Fest. Not Blues Fest, not this year. <laughs> but I did go to uh, Jazz Fest, and I really love Jazz Fest. Yeah, yeah. So, so what did you, you, you see at Jazz Fest? I saw, um, you know, of course, The Roots. Yes. I saw uh, Nora Jones. I saw Lee Fields and The Expressions. And let me tell you about that. That was honestly the most hilarious show I've gone to because he was on stage doing his thing, but then there was it was all like, you know, lawn chair. Oh, concert yeah, yeah. and he's there like everybody get on your feet and they're like <laughs> <laughs> but I still love his energy I still love uh, his whole vibe but I really loved um, something that um, was DJ Quest loves energy mm. was just impeccable Mendes was on the drums from 8.30 to like 10.30 and then from 10.30 onwards to like 2 o'clock in the morning DJ wow. That's what I call a professional. I don't even, not even a beer. Not even one beer. Must have been cranking <laughs> coffee. He was drinking lots of yeah, coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I know lots that. Of coffee. Oh. Um, yeah, you know what? Some of the best shows I've ever seen have been at Jazz Fest. I saw Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings there, and it was just before she passed, unfortunately. But like, it was crazy. I like, and I had no knowledge of her going in. Someone's just said, "You have to see this." I said, "Okay, I'll do it." Same thing happened with Snarky Puppy. Um, oh, they, snap. yeah. So I'd not heard of them before. My friend just said, "Come see this. Here's a ticket." All right, and it blew my mind. What year was that? That was that was uh, I want to say five or six years okay, ago. Oh my yeah. god, I missed Snarky. If not, yeah. Hopefully they come back. You know? uh, well, Larnell Lewis, who was their drummer, was here at Jazz Fest this year with his band. I know, I know. You're finding out about this stuff after her. Yeah, <laughs> but we didn't go to Blues Fest. I kind of wanted to go to see T Pain, but ah, uh, uh, no. Yeah. That was well, I'll tell you, uh, I worked down at the uh, the cannabis store, Superette in Westboro, and we were quite busy the night that Wu-Tang and Snoop were playing, as you can imagine. As, as you can imagine. All the suburban dads coming in. Ah, somebody <laughs> told me, do you know who Snoop Dogg is? Yes. yes. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's older than all of us now, oh, my friends. Uh, okay, so um, in addition, since our last episode, you were also at CMW in mm -hmm. Toronto, and we had talked beforehand about going and why it's important to network. Did you find that you got a lot uh, accomplished while you were there? Yes, Did you? absolutely. Yeah. And this year it was actually very special because uh, there were South African delegates that came by uh, from Cape Town, actually, and they were telling us about um, some of the ways that they're going to be coming to develop their own uh, artists through um, Canadian exports and also to bring our Canadian artists to South Africa ah. and through this uh, South Africa uh, music group that they have uh, planning. Sweet. Right? And that's, that's, that's going to be in Cape Town? Yes. Oh, so uh, 2020, I'm thinking I'm doing that. Maybe, yeah, you, know? you should. You should. And, uh, no, it was really great. I, I, I realized a lot about Steve Garner's uh, words about um, maintaining relationships. That was our last episode when we were sitting with him. And uh, I really like that because... Um, this is this is the industry that we're in, and it's it's a people industry. Mm -hmm. The entertainment biz business is all about people, 
uh, that help you create something special, something uh, special for your own fans, yeah. your own heart, and to bring it to the world. Uh, funny you mentioned Steve Gardner, because uh, we did interview him a while back, but we have not used his interview in an episode yet. We're going to use it in this episode, and we're going to segue nicely into it, because Steve, um, he uh, is a manager of Andrew Cassara, mm -hmm. which is probably his most well-known uh, artist, and he recently, uh, him and Andrew and the whole band rolled to Seoul, South Korea, um, so he, he skipped CMW, no need for Toronto, I'm rolling right to Korea, <laughs> and in, attended a, a CMW type event there. So it was like a music showcase plus conference plus, uh, I assume, um, kind of like an Asian showcase mm -hmm. for like the, at least Southeast Asia. So Steve, and we won't give too much away because we do have an interview with him coming up, uh, he talked about how there was a number of bands there, a number of uh, artists from all across Asia, but also Europe, also North America, also some from Africa, like literally all over the world, gathered together in Seoul and just sharing music. Amazing. Which is super this fun. This is one of the reasons why I'm in the industry, because I just, music, music is so, music is so uh, there to move you mm -hmm. and to move others as well, so. And I thought one of the, and he, again, you'll hear it in the interview, and we're going to segue, no, don't you worry, you'll get sick of hearing you, us talk. I was so excited, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <You're> so excited. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to segue into that, but uh, one of the things that I found fascinating was, like, it doesn't matter that Andrew's singing en anglais, um, and this is an Asian market, with a number of, you know, insert languages here, there's 6,000 plus languages in the world, um, the music is what's bringing people together, right? And uh, I think we're seeing that a lot with younger people too. They're more likely to either inter listen to instrumentals or mm -hmm. songs in other languages, because why not? If it's got a beat and it makes you want to go, exactly. then let it take you. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. My philosophy is um, if you're drinking Ethiopian coffee, you might as well listen to Ethiopian music. <laughs> it's a very specific philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's that. So. All right. Well, let's listen. Uh, let's listen to what Steve has to say. All right. Here we go. myself Joel and me Zoo yes and we've come all the way all the way all the way to Stittsville all the way all the way you make it sound so far it is quite far it is quite far but I went to high school in Richmond Steve so I know all about it and we are talking to Steve Gardner in the uh, building in the building uh, we've come out to his home studio uh, to learn all about some amazing or actually shows on the other side of the planet but before we talk about it Steve tell us who you are what you're all about uh, your company some more information. Um, okay, name is uh, Steve. I, I have a, a record label in Ottawa, based out of Ottawa here, uh, called SGM Group Artists. And basically my mandate is to, um, I look for and I sign young artists who uh, otherwise wouldn't have the resources to do, you know, it's just you got this raw, untamed talent that, that uh, has no, you know, that... And, and I look for folks that just don't have resources and I bring them into the fold and I try to develop them and give them careers in music. Um, so that's kind of how I started that. I used to be an artist myself, but, but I, I got interested in, in uh, helping folks out. And uh, yeah, we, we developed the company over the last four or five years. And, uh, and that's, that's what I do. I, I look for artists and I, I, 
but now we're expanding because it seems that I'm starting to work with artists that are somewhat established as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the mandate is changing a little bit, but um, it's, it's good. Well, as your skills grow, right, like mm -hmm. now you can work with more established artists. Yeah. And it's great that you're an artist so that you actually understand the emotional turmoil that artists have to go through when they're creating their craft as well. And mm -hmm. you can actually sure. understand that, you know. So. And, and For I, sure. that's a nice segue because I first saw you, Steve, and literally first saw you last year at the uh, uh, Jim Beam Talent Search. And yep. you're playing bass with one of your artists, Andrew Cassara, yeah. who yeah. we'll be talking about in greater detail, actually, the point of this convo. Um, and I thought, oh, damn, this guy's really slaying it on the bass, but you were just a fill-in for that. Mm -hmm. And you, you work with the artist as and like booking and manage. So do you do all of that for Andrew? Book, manage, what have you? So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I took on... I started working with him in the studio. So my role was pr predominantly as a producer. Mm. Um, and then I, um, I guess as business things came up and he was a younger fella, it was like, oh, let me take a look at that. And, mm. and it just got to the point where I started really managing... Mm. Um, a lot of the business that was coming our way um, and it just I, I never intended to be a manager I never wanted to be a manager it wasn't something that I was interested in um, but I kind of morphed into it uh, mm. looking after Andrew and a lot of the business that was coming in and I started to like it um, I thought you know what this is great um, being able to help uh, you know I don't know. It's it's you know it's a snaky business. Yeah, my qu my question was how when was that shift? When did you see that shift? Like you know what I am I am I was producing, but now I am managing. What was that like? Oh, now we have to book shows. Maybe now we have yeah. to. No, it wasn't get so much noise out there. It wasn't. It started. It started with me helping him out as much as I could, mm -hmm. um, and then as things progressed and things became contractual. Um, and you know, like I, I know when I started working with them, I don't even know if this mic's working. Um, is it? When I, I think I'm just gonna sit over here with you. <laughs> okay. um, so I think when, uh, yeah, that sounds better. So when I, um, uh, when I started, when I first started working with Andrew, I had to get him out of a contract that he had signed with some company in Mexico, oh. um, and he had signed it before he was old enough to sign it. So m my first, mm. I guess, business things to take care of with Andrew was getting him out of this deal that he had signed um, underage, so he was not 18 yet, signed a deal with a company in Mexico, oh, yeah. um, and, you know, he didn't know what he was doing, and he thought, oh, this is great, I'm going to do this, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, the first thing I had to do was get him out of that, and it was a little bit of a mess. I had to get a little bit, uh, I guess I had to get a little bit rough with them and, and threaten to send lawyers after them and mm -hmm. at that point they said okay fine you know because yeah. my my argument was he wasn't 18 it's not a legally binding contract mm -hmm. and i think that was the first thing that made me realize that these these some of these kids that i'm working with need the help um mm -hmm. and that's where i started getting involved um from a business perspective because mm -hmm. we all know that the music business is full of sharks yes it is and um, you have to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to be very careful in terms of who you're who you're working with and 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 the reasons you choose to work with people. Um, so I think you know, in the interest of protecting my client that I was serving as a producer, um, I took on that role. 
Well, you've done a great job because, like, uh, I've seen Andrew not just that one time um, where you were playing bass, which you slayed, by the way. Nice work, Steve. Nice work. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. I think people were like, who's the old guy on the stage? <laughs> no, no, you brought the energy. He doesn't was, fit in. It was fun. It was fun. And I've seen Andrew a couple more times. He's a great performer, and he's not just playing around here, which brings us to why we came out to talk to you because you guys went to South Korea. And we did, did. We did a few, like, I don't know what you did, actually, there, at least one show. And when you mentioned that to me just off the cuff, and uh, we were at some uh, other Oh Mike event, I was like, what? There's more. There's a yeah. more, more of a story here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's, let's like, let, how'd you go from that? Like, you're, you're booking shows here, presumably. Then how did this gig in South Korea come up? Yeah. And, you know, like, how'd that happen? Well, here's a here's a young guy who who's career-driven. He wants to have a career in music. Um and you're not going to have a career in music unless you, you know, we, we call it, in my circles, we call it the dartboard. Mm. So you have to throw a thousand darts at the board. And for every thousand you throw, you're going to hit it maybe twice, two, three times. And so what we've what we found is it's a game of numbers mm. because really at the end of the day, there's so much great talent out there. Um, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, everybody's a singer, everybody's a guitar player, everybody can write songs. Um, And so to stand out or to be different or to have a career in it, you really have to focus on, um, I don't even know what, you know, building building a a product Mm. that people will buy, first of all, that they want to spend money on. Um, But, you know, making yourself into something that's different so that, people will pay attention and enjoy it and that's difficult because there's so many musicians and they're all amazing and they're all have access to the internet they do they do so it's like like it's it's part of that and we'll get back to south korea in a second but like it's part of that like sort of a resume building thing a legitimacy thing Mm. you know or is it just sort of showing this unique aspect of somebody well listen andrew casera has been a process Mm -hmm. i mean it didn't he didn't wake up one morning and and be able to command a stage like blues fest um, it took a lot of coaching. It took a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of songwriting, and um, a lot of like mental training. When you really think about it, yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's five years of preparation mm-hmm. to culminate to a show like that, where he can, you know, expertly command that stage, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, and so, you know, the 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 growth that has to happen is humongous and and you have to be strategic in that growth Mm. so you know i'm very lucky that i picked him up when he was 17 years old and i could start working with him from scratch and and really coach him and direct him and and you know he didn't spend a lot of time making the mistakes that i made Mm. because i was there to say no that's a mistake um so he's you know now 23 and he's doing really well he's got a lot of momentum going and you know, I think it's it's partially because he's extremely talented. The kid's got the kid can write. You know, I'll I'll lay down a track, and he will come up with a melody that is fresh, hmm. and that is you know, and and that's that's the word I use mostly to describe the melodies that he comes up. They're just fresh. Wow. So, you know, I'm I'm the old guy who lays down a track, and you know, it could potentially slip into a '90s sound if you didn't. If you weren't careful, unattended, unattended. <laughs> do not leave unattended. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But then, um, you know, he'll he'll come in and say, "Wow, that's really cool." Let me, you know, and gets to work and drops a melody on it that I would have never thought of. That is it's it's mind blowing. So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's 
but you know the whole thing is back to the dartboard you know you you just have to look for every opportunity you can look for and i like it because it's almost like uh it's the number of attempts that you go through it's not about uh it's it's it's, it's the talent mixed in with how many shots that you take in at the board and I, and I really i really admire that because you are all about the hard work so you're working with Andrew, you're mentoring him to a certain degree, and then this, you've tossed a bunch of darts at the dartboard. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing the South Korea, it comes up, and so in the lead up to that, how do you decide whether or not it's worth it, it's going to be good for the career, yeah. um, it's going to be a good fit for him? Like, how, What's that whole process like? So I remember when the email came in, and it said, yes, you've been accepted to do a showcase at the Zandari Festa in, in, in South Korea. And... The decision we tossed and turned, it was it was like, you know, a sweat, like, oh my God, like, this is a great opportunity, but how are we going to pay for it? Yeah. It's extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. um, putting five guys on a plane um, and going to South Korea is is a hell of an expense. Yes, it is. Um, staying there is an expense. Eating while you're there is an expense. Um, so, you know, I, I remember the conversation and Andrew's like, well, what do we do? Are we going to go? Or do, what, you know? And I remember standing in the kitchen, looking across the thing at him, and I said, you know what, we're going. Awesome. We're just gonna go, and we're gonna figure it out. Hmm. Money is money, money can be replaced. And this is, this is I mean, this is one of the, the things that, that, you know, I say often now is, money can be replaced, an opportunity can't. Hmm. An opportunity comes once, sometimes once in a lifetime. But money you can replace. Mm -hmm. So we just did what we had to do to pay for it and to go there. Awesome. I mm -hmm. love the attitude. Mm -hmm. um, so the festival itself, is it a pop-focused festival? or Because like, K-pop's huge in Korea, obviously. Is yeah. it a pop-focused festival, all types of music? Were you guys the only Westerners there? Or was it a lot of Asian music and also you guys? Like, What was the scene like when you yeah. arrived? We, had, um, we, had, we met people from Montreal there. Mm. Um, you know, it's an international showcase, so they brought in acts from all over the world, cool. all all different corners of the world. Um, and what it is is a conference showcase, so very similar to Ottawa's Megafono, mm. um, except that many many artists come in from international and they they perform, um, and you do in some cases multiple performances um, throughout a week, um, and delegates come to see you and you know you you meet people and you um you network and um yeah and you 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 just you you make great connections with people and it's awesome um so you know when i went there it's it's great going there as a business person and not as an artist because while they were performing i was doing business yes i'm meeting people and i'm saying i'm handing out cards and i'm saying listen if you if you're interested in this guy and while we were in Korea, um, I did have somebody come up behind me and, you know, tap me on the shoulder and, are, are you the band's manager? Yes, I am. Take my card, give me a call, please. Mm -hmm. I'd like to, uh, you know, potentially distribute these guys in Korea. So obviously, yeah, you go to the conference, uh, you're promoting Andrew, you're also meeting and greeting with presumably Korean business folks, but also I assume there's also Chinese brokers there. Mm -hmm. uh, Distributors and dis et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, the, the, the music market over there is growing and growing and growing. Um, but you told me a fun story about how you got there, like not really knowing what was up. I assume it was in Seoul or like somewhere near there. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and he had fangirls, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Like there were fangirls. Were they waiting for him or like yeah. they just knew he was coming? Like no, how that we, happened? So what, the first show that we did in Korea, they we um, 
uh, oddly enough, we were setting up and we were ready to do the show, and then people started coming in. And uh, it became very apparent that people were not just there as part of the showcase, but that these girls had come in to see Andrew. Wow. Um, did, they, did they have any merch on them and stuff? Like, that actually They didn't have merch. Like no, they didn't have merch, but they, they knew who he was. Wow. Um, and they knew who he was from his social media. Amazing. So Amazing. I would say probably about 10, 11 girls showed up. And... They they brought gifts. Oh, they brought lots. gift bags full of uh, you know Korean um, cultural, because it, it's a very it's, it's a very um, deep cultural thing in Korea to offer gifts when you meet somebody, and the gifts aren't you know here's a shirt or a pair of socks or it's always you know some kind some types of food from Korea and mm-hmm. things that represent hmm. um, the culture there. And it just so happens that Andrew has a particular um, love for that for the Asian culture. Mm. He always has. Uh, he went to Japan on his own uh, with a friend. Well, with a friend of his, but you know, the two of them just backpacked to Japan cool. a couple of summers ago. Amazing. Um, you know, he spent every last dollar he had to do that, and and went to Japan just to just experience the culture and and be there and and be immersed in it. Hmm. Um, so he already had a love for the culture. So when we when we uh, when we got the opportunity to go to Korea, he was beside himself, you know. He just couldn't believe it. Hmm. And uh, Andrew works his social media like nobody I've ever met. Hmm. So, you know, the kid has, you know, a quarter of a million followers on Twitter. He's got thousands, I think 30 or 40,000 followers on or people who like him on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, all of his social media is robust as heck. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that gets around the world. Yeah. And, and you know, there are people in pockets around the world that are familiar with who he is and what he does. And what we found out, what I found out from talking to these fans, is that they had discovered him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that this one particular fan who got all of these other girls interested in him... Um, they, they all came in as a result of his YouTube uh, engagement. And uh, so that was remarkable and it really opened my eyes in terms of the power of social media today because when mm-hmm. I was young and I was an artist, you didn't have that. Mm-hmm. You had to go out and play in a city where if people came out to see you, they got to know who you were or they might have seen the posters around town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But with social media now, it's you can if you work it properly, and we've really learned how to do that, so we've taken courses, mm-hmm. um, uh, to to learn how to really use social media as a tool, Smart. and it has it has garnered us garnered. many many good things. Well, it's, it's because um, and like it's not just in music. Most like, definitely, I can see that the whole the whole trend the same in yeah. in photography as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when you were saying that uh, you actually have to bring a completely new flavor to yourself, and mm-hmm. now even more than that, you have to market yourself. I'm, it, it's awesome that you've actually be able to master the marketing side of that more than just the development mm-hmm. of the artist. And know, and so. like, there's two sides of it. Like some people are like, oh my god, I've always got to be on the social, but at the same time. Um, consumers, no matter what it is you're selling, they want to see that human side of it, right? Mm-hmm, so yeah, mm-hmm. I like Andrew's music, but who is Andrew? Right. They're following the socials, clear, like they yeah. get to know him a bit better. So at, for you as a manager, obviously seeing like a fan base, let's yeah. call it the the dozen or so fan base. Yeah. For you, you must be doing jumping jacks. For Andrew, the artist, what did he think about that? Well, I know the drummer was almost in tears. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he came up behind Andrew, and he was so touched by the uh, fact that these people on the other side of the world knew who they were and brought gifts to them. 
he was so touched that he had tears in his eyes. And, that, and that's not a word of a lie. They, he actually did. And we, we, you know, we, we laughed at him and with him, I guess, not laughed at him. <laughs> but, but we had a good chuckle over it because, you know, that's how touching it is. When, mm -hmm. when you, when you're, sit, you're sitting in my studio here where we make the music, and when you think about the power of somebody on the other side of the planet receiving, listening to, and enjoying the stuff that we're creating in this moment in here, mm -hmm. in this little room, yeah. um, it's mind-blowing. It's wonderful. And it's, it's you know, it, it really shows the power of music and how it can change the world. And, like, and the internet, too, because, like, going back to how things used to be, like, like, I went to high school in the 90s, and, like, you listen to the radio. That's what we had. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm seeing with kids is that they aren't necessarily hooked into genres or, like, a type of person they're more interested in the sound and then they can find whatever sound they want at any point right so mm -hmm. you know, someone living in south korea is interested in canadian pop yeah and like teens here might be interested in k-pop yeah right? yeah it's wonderful I think. yeah i mean in every respect that we can think of the global market is closing mm -hmm. it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller um and we're becoming you know one kind of one community really mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, and fascinating story, but um, we're having an Easter dinner here um, in tomorrow. Yeah. And two of Andrew's Korean friends are coming ah. who for dinner who um, he met on an app uh, where, you know, he, he again, he's so in love with the culture that he started to learn Korean um, and as a language got onto an app where you can um, connect with Koreans oh. and who want to learn English mm. and Canadians or whatever who want to learn Korean. And so you teach each other the language through this app. You become friends and you talk and you teach each other. That's wow. wonderful. So he met these girls through the app um, that he hangs out with now and he'll go downtown and have coffee with them and speak Korean. And people are, you know, he says, it's amazing because we're talking Korean and I'm just this, I'm just this white guy talking <laughs> Korean. And, and people are looking at me like, wow, that's, that's so different to see. But again, Andrew immerses himself in these things. Like he just was so touched by the whole Asian culture that he immersed himself in it. And now he's learning Korean. It's funny because if, if, and I'm not going to say if, when we go back to, mm -hmm. to play shows there, um, he'll be speaking Korean on stage, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the type of kid he is, you know? He just gets, he, he just dives right in. It really speaks to the fact that our universe is shrinking mm -hmm. on this planet, and it really does. And hopefully that's gonna be a good thing. I hope that, mm -hmm. you know, as the community on this planet gets smaller, that we really become aware of each other and mm -hmm. that the struggles that we're facing, and that we all, and I'm, I don't want this to become a, you know, <laughs> but, across but it just, but yeah. it, but it really, it really speaks to how music creates these thought processes mm -hmm. whereby you're, you're not just, you know, you're, you're creating magic in the studio here, but when we go out and we meet these people, it's, it's a connection of cultures. Well, so it's, it's, it's yeah. incredible. It's humanizing each other. It, it's right? amazing. It's no longer these people from over there. They're those, mm -hmm. oh damn, that's that gay pop group yeah. I love. Right. And they're also human beings. Imagine right. that. Right. That. I see. <laughs> I see. Okay, so you went. Um, it, it sounds like he like 
Andrew would have found himself in, in Asia somehow, regardless. Yeah, like, I it think so. It sounds like he was going there. So serendipitous that you got that gig there. Sounds like you want to go back. Um, what what advice would you have? Not necessarily going somewhere such, that is such a culture shock, right? Because right. you could go to Europe that's less culture shocky, right. where there might be more English. But before you guys went there, you obviously did some research. What kind of tips would you have for someone who gets a similar experience, who is in the mm -hmm. same type of position that you were? Well, I would start by saying that the Canadian government is extremely supportive of oh. these types of travels. Excellent. So what I would say is don't be afraid to apply for these things. Mm. And if you get it, turn to the government because we, we last year, as part of our travels, probably were granted about $15,000 wow, for these trips. wonderful. So we have an extremely robust um, uh, bucket that is available to artists um, in Canada. Mm -hmm. And we're very lucky to have that because in speaking to other artists in other countries, they don't have that. So um, take advantage of it, mm -hmm. you know, and know that it's there because you, it's one thing to say, you know what, we're just gonna go and we're gonna figure out how we pay for it later. It's another thing to go, okay, we're just going to go, we're going to front the money, and now we got to get it back somehow. Mm. So it's hours of applying for grants and, and being refused for some um, and getting others. And, you know, the trips that we did last year, um, we received money from the Sokan Foundation, mm -hmm. which was amazing, and Factor. Wonderful. They were the two organizations that helped us the most through that. And... Um, you know, as long as artists are accountable to the results, because hmm. when you come back, you have to let them know, you know, this is this is what we did with the money, and th these are the this is the potential that happened as a result of mm -hmm. it. Um, so it's it's you know if it's we're very lucky hmm. to live in a country that supports the arts the way they do, except for the cuts that just happened with yes. uh, Rob Ford, but yes, that's, yes. that's an Ontario yes, thing. That's an, that's it's not a federal <laughs> thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I had a meeting just this morning with, um, with uh, Heritage Canada mm -hmm. uh, representative, mm -hmm. and we discussed a lot of the opportunities that are out there. And uh, the, the Canadian government is, like I say, it's robust. The, the the support is robust. It's it's really out there, and and they want to they want artists to be exported. Mm -hmm. They want art. They want other countries to see these artists. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, my my advice is know that the support is there in this country, first and foremost. Second of all, have no fear, because again, my advice would be, <laughs> you know, money can be replaced, opportunities can't. That's right. So you sometimes take a risk, and maybe you're going to pay for it for a while, but at the end of the day, if you're going there with a strategy, uh, you should be able to do something. You know, in Korea, we signed a record deal there. We have, it, it's exclusive for Korea, so mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a sync and licensing distribution and marketing deal. And uh, we're three months into it now, and we're going to just start getting some reports now in terms of what kinds of sales we're getting what kind of, you know, how the marketing is impacting that, that, um, that market. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to start seeing some results. And, um, you know, I don't know. We don't know right now whether they're great or whether they're good or whether they're okay. I know that we spent a lot of money mm -hmm. on marketing through Facebook and reached, I, if, I, if I remember correctly, somewhere along the lines of 100,000 people mm. in Korea. Cool. Mostly in the Seoul area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's strategy on every side of things from a management perspective. It's like, okay, we got the deal there. We got the songs out on all of their DSPs there. We have 
um, we're going to spend, we're going to put our marketing dollars there, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are going to know your name. And when we go there, maybe we'll sell 300 tickets. That's, maybe. That's pretty cool. You know? I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess final thoughts uh, would be, now that you're back, well, because you guys went, when was that, like last year? It was October. Oh, it was October. Um, you've got some, at least a little bit of a foothold in South Korea. You also mentioned Sweden. Are there mm-hmm. any other places that you guys have been or are planning on going soonish? So we just came back from um, California. Okay. Uh, we played the Nam show there, which was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, and uh, right now we're just we're we don't have anything out international happening right now. Um, so we're doing Canadian Music Week. We're also mm-hmm. doing a showcase for Coca, which is um, the college and university. Uh, it's a, it's a conference for college and university talent buyers. Oh, okay. Um, and so we're one of the only independents that were invited to showcase for that. So, um, in we get in the face of all the talent buyers for colleges and universities across the country. So, uh, so yeah. So there's opportunities coming up, but we've also applied for a million things. Like we literally spend hours and hours applying for festivals and conferences. We did get an email. Uh, there is a potential that we're going to Taiwan oh, uh, wow. for a blues fest type festival. Oh, cool! Um, so it's not confirmed, but we're fingers crossed, and we're waiting to hear from them. So, well, congrats! But the email That's did say cool. we'd like to book your band for ah, the festival. Oh, so well, 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 well. So it looks pretty good, but you know we haven't heard back yet. So, but we're hoping for that. So, uh, what about here in Ottawa? When's Andrew playing next? So he'll be at uh, Glofe- Glofair. Excellent. I almost said Glowfest. It's Blues Fest and yeah. blue- Blues Fair. Blues Fair. Um, <laughs> no, he'll be at uh, Glowfair. Uh, cool. June, I want to say 14th. Okay. If it's a Friday night. Yeah. Um, so he'll be on the main stage there. Awesome. And uh, that's really all, other than, you know, CMW and COCA, which are two kind of big events that we're going to be. Uh, networking at but uh, but that's it for now Steve Gardner mentor producer artist SGM group artist thanks for just all around just a legend legend. (laughs) you should get a t-shirt I love that that. (laughs) thanks for talking with us Steve (laughs) it's always my pleasure Steve, that was a lot of that was a lot of information. A lot of content. A lot mm-hmm. of content, it's indeed. Down. That's what you get when you listen to love local music. Plug, mm-hmm. definitely listen every single month. Um, but one of the things that Steve has, and because he's a small business and he's working on his own artists as well as like, uh, you know, I guess helping others in the business, but focus mostly on himself. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of DIY aspect to that, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you and I were talking a little bit earlier about you know things we can do ourselves, and I think a lot of artists struggle with that. Like you know, when is the time that I need to be reaching out for some help? Yeah. Um, and you know, we can all do certain things on our own. Like we can all sort of figure out social media marketing, for example, right? You can take a look at what other artists are doing, and then and and then go from there. Um, I have a marketing background, so I'm able to put together a number of things that you know you would typically see like an EP or a website or a strategy, for example. Um, 
but not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. So, um, like in your experience, and you've got an agency, mm -hmm. but like, like I'm of the opinion that you know, you can do what you can do, mm -hmm. but if your pipes are broken, you call the plumber. Absolutely, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. But if it's not, you have to write it your own your, your mm -hmm. own way. You know, and I think that the whole DIY, um, the, the whole DIY movement is all about you uh, bringing yourself to a specific level. Mm -hmm. You know, and grinding hard to be able to. Be be seen by even grander people that will take you to the le like level five. That's right. right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's up to you to showcase that you can get to level four. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right? Uh -huh. And I believe I believe that is uh, one thing that I have learned greatly from uh, Steve Garner's uh, words in this in, in this in this uh, um, interview. And so for me, I think that uh, it showcases to me how a struggling artist showcases his own skills by his grind. And the grind and the hunger is what makes um, makes people keep coming back to you. Yeah, makes even greater content too. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, one something someone said to me was it was uh, we want to see like what you can do before you come to us. Right? Are you coming with literally zero? Like I think I might want to sing. And like okay, <laughs> yeah. like but what what do you do? Like do you have a good idea of what? Uh, your images, do you have a good yeah, idea of, of, what, of who you are, of what your music is saying, yeah. etc. Do you have a, a following of some kind already? Have you been able to book your own shows? Like, have you played a show at all? Like, these are all questions um, that people have posed to me, for example. And I'll give you an example. Someone came up to me one time, and this was in the last year, saying, hey, you know, you're doing a lot of this on your own. How do you book shows? And I said, you contact the bar, and you ask if you can play and like <laughs> it sounds facetious and like but it really is that simple at the end of the day uh, as long as you're putting that best foot forward not everybody has um, uh, let's say professional or I, I hesitate to use the term office skills but it almost is what it is right those business skills of writing the right way for an email or putting together a press kit or putting together a press release like what are the when people approach you guys at collective like what are the what are the things you're seeing are missing from their um, skill set that you provide Ooh, for them a lot of it is is what I find people many musicians I believe are lacking before they come towards me and tell me about a lot of their own uh, vision key is vision mm. I believe vision to know where you stand between you and your fans how do they want how are how do you know yourself so well that you give yourself to people yeah and know, knowing that your own your own noise your own mission your own mission statement right so if it's about positivity how do you express that positivity mm. right do you express it through um, I don't know uh, through your own products um, through religion maybe mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, through your own poetry your own stories of heartbreak coming down to uh, revival yeah you know what I'm saying um, and sh letting people know that hey if I survived you survive and you can be able to, to say that more romantically or whatever in your own way <laughs> but you actually are destined you feel destined you, mm -hmm. you know that you are made to do this that passion that drive mm -hmm. I believe this is one of the reasons why even Steve Gardner is very attracted to Andrew Cassera to help to help him flourish and mm -hmm. I believe Andrew Cassera had to be in a DIY stage to help develop his own character, to know his own mission statement, Steve saw that, mm -hmm. and then his whole job is just to make it flourish, to make it go forward. The uh, let the world see that. The uh, the correlation I can make is like you know you get out of school and you get a job, for example, but 
when you get to that job, you realize, oh my God, I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It's almost like those first, like, feet to the fire, like, let's see what you can do type of thing is that real education. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, if, if you got the funds to straight out of the gate, contact somebody and put together your entire image and your entire portfolio and everything, great. You know, that's great. Uh, but if you don't, then a lot of these organizations, and I'm sure yours included, want to see at least somebody's coming with an idea or at least a very, very good grasp yeah. of what they're all about, mm-hmm. what their art is all about, and where they want to go. Yes, and sometimes some of the things, some artists say to me, say, I don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, for me, I'm a creator. I, I'm, my, I'm here to understand your heart, to try to make it come alive. Right? But if you don't know what to make come alive, you're asking me to be the artist. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the product. I'm yeah. helping you be the product. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Like uh, in my old career, we'd, uh, I remember painful meetings where some of the older, older members of the organization would be like, we need to make a viral video. How do we make it? Yeah. We, uh, no one knows how to do that. Yeah. If they did, then there would be like, like there would not the, be viral videos. There would not be viral videos. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, you can pay for something to be shown in as many places as you like, but unless people react well to it, unless people are engaged with it, it's not going viral. Mm-hmm. So like anything else, um, you know, you can come in and say, I need you to do everything for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. That's yeah. the problem that I've been really facing lately. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the DIY stage is helping you actually find that foundation of, Hey, I found my purpose mm-hmm. in my music. That's because some of this, you know, there's people that uh, paint as well, and they found their purpose through their own styles. You know, mm-hmm. they take. And, and I was actually talking uh, to somebody recently uh, about uh, what what it means to be an artist, and what I've learned uh, in my own experience graduating Saint Jean Heritage and all that is that an uh, an artist essentially is the is the person that says, "I want to break all the rules, but first I have to learn." Them. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yes. So I believe that go out there, learn those rules, and then break them. <laughs> and when when you learn them, that's that when you when you learn them, that's the DIY stage. That's it. That's when you actually say, man, I've never really made an EPK. Mm-hmm. Man, I never really actually booked a show, but I'm gonna learn that, mm-hmm. and then I can even, I, I can I can break into even bigger stages. Oh, inspirational, right. inspirational. <laughs> I hope that we only are. Here. I hope, uh, yeah, only here. Only on love, here. Lo- I love, love local music. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to us. All right, you know what? I think that's a nice, uh, nice way to end this episode, too. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I think we're great. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I hope you enjoy listening to us again. I'm Joel Elliott, and I'm Zoo from Collective Twenty Three. And uh, you can catch us next month, as well as check out the past episodes. Uh, and if you got an idea of what we should be talking about, or if you think that there's a specific thing happening in Ottawa music um, that we should know about, let us know. Like uh, you can contact us through the page. Um, and give us some ideas for interviews because we want to know any genre, any style. If, if people are creating, we want to hear about it. Yes, creators wanting more creators. Let us know. Let us know. Love local music. Love See local you next music. time. Bye, guys. Technically, 